Welcome into Behind Kentucky Football. On this edition of the show, we're going to be talking to Tom Leach, Josh Paschal, and Luke Fortner. We'll get to those player interviews in just a bit. But right now, we are joined by Tom Leach, the voice of the Cats. Obviously, got to talk a, a lot of things, but let's just start out with the most evident, Lynn Bowden. <laughs> I wanna, He's pretty good. Yeah, I think that that is accurate analysis. But here's how I wanted to jump off, because I'm also uh, beside you during the basketball games now this season with my new role. And uh, after the game, I don't even know if you heard this fan talking to you. I think you remember what you said, but there was a guy, he tapped you on the shoulder as we were waiting for the post-game interviews after the exhibition, and he was talking to you about football, which is kind of a turnabout. <laughs> but um, he, he said, I think something to the effect of, I never thought I'd see another Randall Cobb, but I think we're close to that right now. And he's obviously talking about Lynn Bowden. Um, you know, you have your own radio show, The Leach Report, that airs on 9 a.m. every weekday. And you were talking about it on today's show with Kyle Tucker about how you were looking up various things. It, he's almost tough to find a comparison yeah. to at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, I've started uh, just kind of looking. I went and looked up Allen Iverson highlights because I always heard about what a great football player he was. Um, and in the highlights, he played quarterback and defensive back. And uh, a lot of the highlights show him actually throwing the ball or – uh, intercepting passes and making tackles, so there's not as much of him just running and, and returning kicks, which he did. But uh, there, there are a few little clips where he gets into space in a tight space and just makes a move to make somebody miss. And it's like a move you see with a guard on a basketball floor, where they'll do a step back or you know, some of those things. Especially he did, and but you're seeing this in football, and I, I think you see that with. Some of Bowden's moves, where at times I've used the phrase in a broadcast on a for the first time in a football game about breaking somebody's ankles, uh, and that's what he he does out in space. I, uh, another comparison that came to my mind was something when uh, Rajon Rondo uh, was here and basically beat Louisville single handedly one game, and everybody thought Rondo would not make it in the pros because he couldn't shoot and he can't, but he's played about fifteen years. And he's won a championship and uh, playing with the Lakers and LeBron and, and AD now. And uh, Patino said after that game, somebody asked him, if, you know, if he'll, any shot he'll make in the NBA, he's oh, it'd be outstanding because you can't stop him from going where he wants mm-hmm. to go, even though you know where he's going. And that's a little bit, there's a little bit of that to Bowden, I think, too. Well, that's exactly what um, Mark Stoops said that, like, sometimes we complicate things yeah and I thought on I think it was he said it on his coach's show or maybe it was the post game comments but basically they schematically Eddie Grand um, blocks it up where Lynn has one guy to beat one-on-one and more often than not he's going to beat that guy one-on-one and the way the offensive line the wide receivers the tight ends everybody's been blocking that's why those big plays have been able to happen L- Logan Stenberg had a comment after the game on Saturday that I heard he said um, we're having to learn how to block for Lynn. He said it's different than blocking for Benny because uh, especially if you're on the backside, maybe you don't have to hold your block as long. He said now you never know where Lynn's going to go sometimes, so you have to hold your blocks longer and stay on them. And so that was an interesting comment that they're learning to block for him. At some point it would stand to reason that somebody will figure out a way schematically to uh, – if not completely shut him down to severely limit him. And then if they can't have success throwing the ball with him, then they turn to Sawyer Smith and hopefully they could win in that situation that way. But to me, there's at the moment, it's like, 
no matter how healthy Sawyer is, you ride this hot hand as as long as you can. There's no question. I mean, it's it would be ludicrous to me to think yeah. that you would uh, take him out of the quarterback spot right now, given that if you only looked at from October 1st on, he'd be top five for the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And I think Mark Stoops is smart enough to, to that. Well, we've seen it, you know. Uh, yeah. Let Benny Snell run it as, as much. Yeah. I mean, so why not continually go to your superstar? And, and then, to be, oh, and to give Stoops credit and, and Eddie and Henshaw and all those guys to not to, sometimes could, football coaches can be very rigid and to actually be open to kind of thinking outside the box with the guy who can play outside the box. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, on the flip side of that comment you mentioned about Logan Stenberg, I was talking to Drake Jackson after practice, and uh, we got the video on our, our social media feed. He said that um, Lynn's also learning that he's becoming a little bit more patient and a little bit more going, waiting for things to develop. If the play's supposed to go, the hole's going to be here, He's now beginning to understand the hole's there. I'm going to go. And Drake said that that's been, that's maybe why you've seen, I mean, in, it's been the three games, the production jumped so much maybe against Missouri. Well, uh, I think that's an excellent point because I think fans just tend to think, oh, they're just, you know, everybody knows he's going to run or they're just running the same plays. Uh, well, number one, you know, they may know he's going to run, but they don't know exactly how. And um, a lot of the success with the air raid was a very small number of plays just dressed up differently. And so they're getting very creative in how they dress up these different plays to get Lynn out in space. And last week they added some wrinkles with the, you know, the counter where they'd send the flow one way and then he'd go back the other way. And, you know, eventually, again, you're going to, you know, uh, there's an end to the creativity probably or the other guy, uh, you know, gets enough tape on you to figure out what you're going to do and, and they shut down the options. And well, when that, when that happens, we'll, we'll see how they adapt. Yeah. But for the moment, um, you know, even Georgia, he, he ran for 99 yards. I was so wanted him to run for one more yard because nobody's run for a hundred yeah. against Georgia. And, um, he's that close to having, you know, 300 plus yard rushing games in three starts as the the quarterback he's ninth in the league in rushing and they wow. still list him as a wide receiver that's wild that's wild and 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 finally we'll wrap on Lynn, Lynn on these these two things just on his versatility which Mark Stoops has talked about a ton um but he was asked on the coach's show he goes could he be a running back and Mark Stoops basically said yeah he probably could if we needed well, him he said they talked to him about playing some defensive that's back what, in the summer that's where I was going to because yeah. I remember talking to Lynn in the summer and him mentioning that and I just disregarded it as overconfidence him saying yeah. I can play anywhere Stoops bringing it up and saying they actually worked on that that was kind of eye-opening to me and yeah. it just kind of shows what they truly think of him yeah and uh, just they ultimately decided it was a little too much to to put on his plate. Um, but it's, you know, he's a, I um, was saying this with, uh, when Kyle and I were talking, they, they don't really have an opportunity for a signature win uh, left. Um, you know, Georgia would have been that opportunity to, if he leads them to a win over Georgia, he creates a national buzz. So this will have to happen with succession of wins. If they can reel those off that some point uh, the, this story will go more national mm -hmm. It is amazing when you consider, you know, him, his ability to manage this so seamlessly to, you know, understand all the things you have to understand as a quarterback as far as, you know, not just, quote unquote, knowing the plays, but, you know, these, these um, 
offenses are so complicated now. It's like you got to start the guy in motion and wait for him to clear before something else happens or understand how to be more patient as a yeah. runner, uh, all of those things. And he's just getting, I would think, better from week to week. I want to switch to the defense, and I want to kind of start with one guy uh, specifically who I don't think he's necessarily flown all the way under the radar, but I think a guy who probably should be talked about a ton more, and that's Calvin Taylor. Um, he was named Defensive Line Player of the Week by the SEC um, this week after what he did against Missouri. Uh, he has five sacks, which is third in the SEC. Um, and he's another, he's he's not Josh Allen, obviously, but the path to becoming an SEC star is similar in the sense that, and actually he was kind of more impressive because when I looked up his recruiting uh, rankings, he was a no star on 247, a two star on Rivals, but they both listed him as an offensive tackle. <laughs> His other offers that they had there were Charlotte and Temple, only other division, you know, high-level division football offers. And they've been able to mold him into a player who's making an impact every game. Oh, yeah, tremendous uh, playing the way he's playing right now. And, yeah, the Hest, it's a thing you put in the recruiting pamphlet. Uh, like, look, there's Josh Allen who had an offer to Monmouth. Here's this guy who had offers to Charlotte and Temple. And one was a first-round draft pick, and the other was going to be dra- Calvin yeah. be drafted, I would assume, somewhere, and uh, have a great shot to make it in the league. So that uh, recruit and develop um, line that they they use a lot um, has a lot more resonates a lot more clearly when you have living, breathing examples of it. Yeah, and that's the thing they've been able to do it on both sides of the recruiting spectrum. You know, you look at a guy like. Um, you know, all those defensive backs, they all came in pretty highly rated. I think maybe Lonnie Johnson was one of the higher end guys Mm -hmm. and he's, he's NFL success on the other end. Now you got Josh Allen. If Calvin Taylor gets to the NFL and and makes some noise, then you're like, you can get, you can, you have like the full booklet as you're talking about a pamphlet. You can, you can tailor it to anybody on your recruiting trail. The defense as a whole, I think oftentimes, Tom, you know, this people want like a magic short answer about how you got better on defense. How did this defense, who at the beginning of the year everybody was questioning, specifically the secondary, and now they're playing so well. And Mark Stoops has, has laid it out. Brad White has laid it out. It's nothing, it's not like smoke and mirrors. It's the simple plan that they've done through their whole time that they've been here. It's the attention to detail, the kind of slow growth. And that's something that in you know isn't isn't sexy it isn't a headline it isn't a headline but it, it it's what they've done and it's how they've had all this success the more i've i've been around uh covering teams in this job the more i've come to appreciate that that's almost always the way that it is it's just putting and it's not just in sports it's the it's in you know business in in your job whatever it is it's showing up and you know working hard and putting in the time to um, get better at, at whatever it is that you do and caring about uh, doing it. And um, they are steadily getting better from, we've just seen it from week to week defensively. And now it's, you know, and there's been a little bit less of this since the impressive way that they beat Missouri, but there's a sense of, of panic you hear from fans. Of, you know, look what Tennessee's doing, look what Louisville's doing. Okay, they're, they're getting better. Yeah. Kudos to them. Look at your own team. Yeah, they're the the other guys' fans are are maybe looking at your team and saying the same thing. Yeah, it's almost it's. I'm sure that it's almost a mirror image because many people probably uh, rivals in the SEC and you know up the road at Louisville probably at the beginning of the year they're like, man, they're not looking good right now, and they they've probably flipped the script on them. 
Yeah, after that South Carolina game, it's a lot different. Exactly. Let's wrap. Um, just sh- shout out to Max Duffy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that guy. I don't know what's more fun, watching him punt or talking to him at any occasion because the accent, the personality. Stoops seems to, I mean, that relationship is one, I think it's pretty unique. I can't think yeah. of anything like that. They're almost almost colleagues to a certain extent where he's so old. And real quick, uh, you had a great line. Uh, I'll paraphrase with, you were talking about Pecoro and I think, uh, during the broadcast, Pecora said something to the effect of, oh, he showed great maturity on that play. And you said, that's easy to do when you're 40 years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> not quite 40, but uh, he's, what is he, 26, I think? Yeah, I think so. And uh, um, he uh, you know, showed an amazing amount of, of, of poise on that uh, fake um, to not get rattled. And it, it was funny, Stoops said he can actually, There's a. he's worked on punting left-footed, yeah. r- rolling to his left, which if he does that, everybody thinks he's going to fake it and he can, you know, they'll, they'll come up, he can punt it actually left-footed. Um, he's, you know, he's like a trick shot mm-hmm. artist, um, you know, with, um, you see these uh, people that, uh, you know, did this in basketball or in uh, baseball or softball mm-hmm. at a different time, traveling, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy that did it in baseball, uh, the king in his court. Oh. Uh, you know, just where he, you he's you know can do uh, tricks yeah. with the. Uh, he can be an outstanding player, or he can do uh, trick shots and things. And uh, you know, he's he'd almost he could have his traveling road show as a punter. Oh, let me punt it over there inside <laughs> that uh, sunroof of that car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know what is also great about him is. He balances the line between having a great sense of humor and also giving credit to all the guys around him. He, anytime you try to, you know, talk him up to him, he often says, "Well, I didn't do good last game. He had the bad game at Georgia." Or he's crediting his long snapper. And then on the flip side of that, but he also has humor with his teammates, where you can tell there's great camaraderie. Because I think the first time he was named national on one of those watches or had uh, the best punter of the week award he said i'd like to thank logan stenberg and drake jackson for not blocking so i got an opportunity to punt <laughs> like he, he, he just he, he he's like the whole package he's just so fun they um have a great camaraderie right now and you know certainly when you're doing well that that uh, feeds into that but uh, it's probably been a little undercovered what stoops did after that south carolina game he sensed that um they needed to kind of come together more and he called it to put it under the umbrella of team building, but it was things like, you know, having guys from maybe you can get into clicks where you're just with the defensive guys or just with the offensive guys. And he had guys uh, assigned to, it was almost like that thing from remember the Titans, but you had guys to get together and learn something about your teammate mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, report and they have to, you get called out on it in, in yeah. practice. What do you, what can you tell me about Curtis Birch? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and one day I heard him getting on. I was like, yeah, I want more than just what his mom and dad's name are. I mean, it's got to be something yeah. significant. So, um, yeah, they've done some uh, – it's been a really neat story to see. And it's what Calipari was talking to him on the pregame show. We started out talking about football Sunday. and He said, you know, it's it's what coaches – when coaches really earn their money is when things are – there's some adversity and what do you do to get your team together and not uh, splinter and pull together. And it's been – uh, amazing to see how they've actually come together and what they're doing right now. Tom, thank you for your time. You can hear him uh, weekday mornings at 9 a.m. on the Leach Report. You can see him on the booth cam. Um, he yeah. doesn't. He, he doesn't star in it. It's actually the people behind him. Yes, I think those <laughs> are the stars. Somebody um, asked me a question about it yesterday, so I, I sent out all the info on uh, 
who the different uh, guys are that uh, are, are in there that uh, cheer wildly but silently. <laughs> yeah, and I, I look like a fool because I'm in the back, you know, trying to get the mix correct. So I'm yes. the only one who is of, of like stone face and I, I sometimes get called, in the ba- out, called out in the back there. But <laughs> I'm trying to make sure the, the broadcast. We stay on the air, yes. Yes, exactly. So, Tom, thank you so much. Sure. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Josh Pascal about the defense and how he's been feeling this season. If you're part of Big Blue Nation, then you need to watch Big Blue Nation. 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky! VBN-TV on the UK Sports Network takes you inside the program every weekend for conversations and access you won't find anywhere else. It's coming late, oh. Cash Daniel hits him and sacks him! VBN-TV is the official TV show of UK athletics and is the newest and best way to keep up with the Cats. Watch VBN-TV every weekend on the UK Sports Network or anytime online at UKAthletics.com or the Kentucky Wildcats Facebook page. Now joined on Behind Kentucky Football by Josh Pascal. Josh, uh, how did how did last week feel? The defense has been getting a lot of praise. You guys have been playing great the last couple games. Uh, yeah, we've been feeling great, you know, just getting back to our identity and just playing hard. Uh, getting some uh, shout-outs and some uh, halves, and, you know, we really just starting to put it all together. What do you think the main reason for that progress this season has been? Um, I'd just say uh, us bonding together, and that's how I feel like that's a big thing. We got a couple games down um, in the uh, beginning of the season where we had to learn some things, and, you know, we're a young defense, so we learned those things, and now we're maturing throughout the season. Uh, we're getting better. We're uh, just uh, learning to just trust each other and just play together. That, that trust factor, a lot of your teammates and coaches have talked about throughout the defense. How much uh, how much was that just being able to see that young secondary and some of the younger guys do it on the field? And you're like, oh, those guys are going to be there. I can just worry about myself to a certain extent. Um, yeah, so uh, just with the secondary, you know, um, of course you will see a lot of uh, questions about them before the season. Um, from this media, and they would uh, be questioning our secondary. But um, personally, I feel like they have um, played great throughout the year. You know, they've really stepped up. They're a young group. But at the same time, we trust uh, we trusted them going to the season. We knew that um, we knew, we saw what they could do on uh, during camp, you know, on the field. And we just trusted them. They put the work in in the summer. They put the work in during camp. And they are uh, starting to pay off during the season. How, how would you kind of evaluate yourself this season so far? Um, I feel like there's a lot of things I can do better. Of course, I can do um, better at pass rushing and uh, just um, just a lot of um, just um, technique uh, things I can just work on. And this is a good time to do it right now during our bye week. You just uh, focus on those small things. How important? I mean, that bye week, like how vital is that? I mean, you get double bye this year. It seems like you guys can use those to improve a lot. Yep, uh, it's great. Just because at first, I mean, first of all, we can get healthy, and that's something that. Um, we need, but everybody else needs too. Everybody needs a break, you know, just to uh, get our bodies time to rest and things like that. But this is a time where we can focus on our technique, like I said, and just a time for us to get better on the small things, uh, go up against, you know, uh, good on good and just things like that. And so we're just getting better each and every day. Uh, Coach Stoops mentioned, you know, that you, you were kind of a little bit dinged up and he was going to work in those those young freshmen on the outsides in the Missouri game. They, they made a couple plays. What did you see from those young guys? I've seen a lot of hustle, and that's something that um, that uh, I'm proud of them that they did. You know, they went out there, they played hard, and um, I'm proud of them. They, uh, they worked hard during camp. They worked hard uh, just out here in practice, and it's really starting to uh, show off in the game. Um, they made some big plays, and I'm proud of them. Calvin Taylor's also a guy, one defensive lineman of the week. You know, he is older than you, obviously, but you got to see some of his progress. I think many people know his story kind of coming from 
was rated as an offensive lineman, and now he's in, you know making an impact on the D line. Like, what has he been able to do on your defensive line to be so disruptive to offenses? Um, he just gotten better ever since he got here, and I feel like that's a big thing. You know, um, in the summer he put in a lot of extra work. Um, Doran can be putting in a lot of extra work, and he's just starting to focus on just everything. Uh, he's he's starting to focus on the little things. He's just a great player to play with. He's uh he's unselfish. He just goes out there and he plays hard, and he's a smart player also. How how are you feeling this off season? This season, you know, coming in from the off season. I know Coach Stoops mentioned at the start of the year there was some frustration from you with some conditioning and things coming back from all your injuries and such. I mean, how how do you feel now? I feel good. Um, just being able to play these last couple of months and, you know, just getting back in the rhythm and just, um, just, like I said, just playing. You know, it's nothing like being a playing shape. And, of course, to get in that shape, you have to play. And so I feel like um, that's helping out a lot. Uh, I feel great right now. So I carry that out for us this season. What's Coach White just kind of telling the defense overall, you know, in this bye week, just kind of his message to everybody as a, as a group there? Mm, just to, uh, first of all, just to get a head start on Tennessee and um, – just to focus on the small things, like I said, those little fundamentals, and um, just going out here and competing. Uh, the last two games, two, the last two home games, uh, two two big wins, obviously, and um, many fans enjoyed the the post game locker room celebration videos that were sent out. <laughs> what when you're in those scenes, what's those kind of like? Uh, they were just fun, you know. Uh, we came in, you know, we had a big win, and so Coach Stoops, you know, that's a coach that you can just be yourself around, you can be fun, and he'll be the same way. And you know, we were just being excited, jumping around. Uh, you know, Coach Stoops loves the crowd, sir. So you did that, and it was just fun. Well, is there any any worry about any of you guys dropping him? Has he ever made a joke nah, about? That? Nah, we always got his back. Even when he's standing up in the chair, sometimes he's about to fall. But we always going to catch him. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, kind of analogy for the the whole year. Yeah, for real. And then he said, finally, he was talking about um, Marquan being kind of the dance leader in the in those in those packs. I mean, is it him? Is there anybody else that kind of like leads those big celebration moments? Uh, I say Marquan after the game, post game, and I say pregame and practice. And even on the field, I say Dede probably lead it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a little viral love. Yeah, Dede. That's Dede can actually dance though. That was just a uh, little bad video of him dancing. So he can dance. Thanks so much, man. No problem. Now joined on behind Kentucky football by Luke Fortner. Let me first ask your major. So I'm a mechanical engineering major. Now, what can you explain that to people? Because I think a lot of people would just hear the word engineer, and if they're not thinking about you know conducting a train, yeah. they might be a little bit lost. So uh, mechanical engineering is pretty broad uh, spectrum. So we do things from think, like robotics to automobiles to even a little bit of you know computer science. And it really is a, a major where you can you get the major and you kind of decide what you want to specialize in later. What are you kind of focusing on in that major right now yourself? So I'm actually a, a grad student now. I'm going to graduate in the fall and I'm taking some grad classes on um, computational fluid dynamics. And so we're doing like the modeling of uh, re-entry vehicles from space and you know the heat shield and what kind of kind of forces and heat they encounter when they come back from space so is that nasa and spacex i mean is that where that, that where are there any other applications for something like that or how do how we use that yeah it can be it, it's definitely those are like your your uh your main headlines um a lot of people you know go to nasa intern there a lot of people you know, SpaceX is the big private one. There's a lot of other private ones that are behind the scenes that don't quite have the publicity that SpaceX does. So there's a lot of options there. And then you, you don't ha- it doesn't have to be for the purpose of, you know, 
for re-entry vehicles. You can use it for, you know, the wind going over a car. So it's not, I enjoy the, you know, calling it something really cool, something from space, but it could be whatever you want with it. So now along those lines, uh, speaking of, of cars, uh, I think you had an, an internship uh, with Toyota uh, during the summer, and then you, you kind of expanded that into some charity work that now is integrated into the catwalk. Can you just kind of tell us about that project? Yeah, so I was never actually officially at Toyota, um, but what we Freddie Maggard came to us and said, came to me and he said, you know, I've got a great project. It's got engineering, it's got football, and it's helping the kids. And so what we did is, we got a whole group from students from the university who all worked really hard on it and a group from Toyota and they said here's what we want to do we want you guys to design it and then we'll build it and so they did a great job of you know they kind of helped us along told us what kind of things we needed to do and you know the all the students got together and we came up with some great ideas and Toyota did a great job of building it for us and and, and kind of explain what, what you guys were building building there so we were building a cart, and so this cart, the idea was, um, you know, all these kids at the hospital, they're so close to the stadium. And when you go to the hospital, a lot of them say, you know, I, I can see the stadium from here. I wish I could hear it. And so the idea is, why don't we get them out here? You know, why don't we have something where they can participate? And so this, uh, this cart was made for them, and it's just a little push cart. And it's got, on the front, it's actually got stickers that are covered in drawings from the kids at the Children's Hospital. They all drew some. And uh, a little fun fact, if you see them, I may have a drawing on there, and it does look like a little kid did it. So they, uh, they thought that was funny to put that one on there as well. When you look on, you know, UK football, social media, and a, and a lot of the things earlier this year, we, Landon Young, you know, got recognized, and you guys do a ton of charity work. You, you visit the, the, the children's hospital there a lot. What makes you want to do that? So actually, it's funny because, you know, until Freddie kind of came to me and said, here's this cool thing. I had never gotten into that kind of thing, and, you know, it's not that I don't care about kids. It's just that I never had the opportunity, never took the time to do it. And once you do it, you understand. You get it. You're like, wow. You know, not to be selfish, but it makes you feel better um, when you're doing these things. And you, it just gives you a whole different perspective on life, and it makes you appreciate things that much more. And Lynn is more of a pro at it than I am. He's done it a little longer than I have, and I think he'd tell you the exact same thing. What you know? What do you when you talk about getting something out of that and how it makes you feel good? What is what are the feelings that you kind of get when you're when you're visiting somebody and making somebody's day like you guys are able to do? When you go to that children's hospital and you see some kids that have been through, through probably more than I've ever been through, more than a lot of people have ever been through, um, you walk in the room and they've they've got a frown on their face. You know, they're not happy. They're you know they're really down and. A lot of times you get to walk out of the room and they have a smile on their face. And that's just something that can't be beat by anything. And then uh, circling back, I guess, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up here with, you know, you're, you're in, a, in grad school now in the engineering. How, how in the heck do you balance that workload with the workload that you have on the football practice field? If you know going into it that you're going to commit it, you have to commit a lot of time to it. You know, it's just as hard as some of these other majors. And... It's just uh, the thing. The thing I always say is, you have to be prepared to go home and have your all your buddies say, "Hey, you want to do this? You want to go play video games? You want to do this?" And you gotta be able to say no. And that's probably the hardest part for me is telling them, you know, I can't. I gotta go study. I gotta go do homework. They'll they'll tell you that I love homework. They'll say, they'll say, yeah, Luke loves homework. That's his favorite thing to do. So.
Now, do they also, I think I, know, I might know the answer to this, do they bug you for, for help on, on math and such, all the other guys on the team? Uh, no, they're a little too proud for that. They're a little too proud to do that. So I don't get too many questions, thankfully. What is uh, the, the toughest class that you've had to uh, take through this academic journey? <laughs> uh, the toughest class I had to take was probably mechanical design. And uh, the teacher, uh, he's a great dude, really great dude. And he's one of those guys where I've talked to some people who have left UK and they say, well, I've, I've only learned things from a couple teachers and that dude's one of them. So he, he definitely ran a, a tough ship, but made it through, but it was definitely the hardest one. And then finally, you know, with the, the career stuff, you, you talked about all the applications um, for your degree going forward. You know, after football, when you, when you start to, to use that, what, what is your kind of dream job? To be honest with you, I don't have one. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. It's been interesting because now that I've done these things with the kids and those charity things, that's something that I've really decided that I think I want to incorporate later into what I do. And so I think whatever I do, I'll definitely be circling back to that no matter what. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks to Tom Leach, Josh Paschal, and Luke Forkner um, for their time. If you want to subscribe, please do. If you really like us, please share and then leave a comment and a five-star rating and whatever podcast player you have. We'd love your questions, comments, feedback. You can hit us up on social media. We are at UK Sports Network on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search it, and you'll find us on all those. Please give us a follow. we got a ton of great stuff um, on all those social media feeds, as we were mentioning with Tom. we got the booth cam. we got some video interviews. The one with Drake Jackson that I referenced with Tom earlier in the show is up there on Twitter. You can also feel free to interact with me on Twitter individually. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thank you so much for listening to Behind Kentucky Football. We'll talk to you soon. Computational fluid dynamics.